Hi, this is Steve Thompson, and today we're going to be reading Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 26. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people and preaching the good news in the temple, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? Let me ask you a question first, Jesus replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he'll ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, the people will stone us because they're convinced John was a prophet. So they finally replied that they didn't know. And Jesus responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Now Jesus turned to the people again and told them this story. A man planted a vineyard, leased it to tenant farmers, and moved to another country to live for several years. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers attacked the servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. So the owner sent another servant. But they also insulted him, beat him up, and sent him away empty-handed. A third man was sent, and they wounded him and chased him away. What will I do? the owner asked himself. I know. I'll send my cherished son. Surely they'll respect him. But when the tenant farmers saw his son, they said to each other, Here comes the heir to this estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do to them? Jesus asked. I tell you, he will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. How terrible such a thing should ever happen, his listeners protested. Jesus looked at them and said, Then what does this scripture mean? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Everyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. The teachers of religious law and the leading priests wanted to arrest Jesus immediately because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Watching for their opportunity, the leaders sent spies pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported to the Roman governor so he would arrest Jesus. Teacher, they said, We know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their trickery and said, Show me a Roman coin, whose picture and title are stamped on it. Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. So they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer, and they became silent. Kingdoms colliding. That's 
what I see going on in this passage. The special irony here is that the religious experts earnestly and sincerely thought that they were standing up for God's values and God's way of doing things. And this punk rabbi Jesus had the audacity to challenge them publicly and dangerously. There was a lot at stake here. And I wish I had time to lay all that out for us to talk about. But I don't. And that's not necessarily the point that I feel maybe God might be speaking to us this morning or today. The parable Jesus uses right there in the middle makes it painfully clear that not only were the religious leaders not standing on God's side in this issue, but they were purposely and violently opposing God and killing anyone who would say otherwise. No one likes to be accused of crimes that we've never perceived ourselves to commit, especially if those crimes were committed by our ancestors. I mean, we can't be held accountable for sins that our ancestors committed, right? Now, I think Jesus would probably agree, except that he sees us walking in the same footsteps as our fathers and our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers. So you might be thinking, why are you saying us like that? We're not the Pharisees. We're on Jesus' side here. Yeah, I, I have no doubt that we are. Those of us listening to this podcast, I imagine we are on Jesus' side. But I'm also pretty confident that all of us have blind spots that we're completely unaware of. Just the fact that it might ruffle our feathers to be tossed in with the likes of the Pharisees indicates that we might underestimate our humanness, our innate ability to miss out on God's way of thinking because we get so enamored of our own way of thinking. It's no doubt a different kind of Phariseeism, but it's hypocritical just the same. So Jesus is announcing God's kingdom crashing into our reality and way of doing things. And when that happens, it tends to ruffle a lot of feathers because we've got a lot invested into our way of doing things. After all, we've, we've spent a lifetime cultivating these habits and these based on these values that we've either formed or inherited. I'd love to think that my values and habits have been thoroughly shaped by Jesus and Scripture. But as we often note around here, we've allowed culture in a lot of ways to do a way better job at discipling us. After all, I mean, culture is louder, it's brighter, it's sexier, it's easier, and it's constant. We can only be shaped by God's kingdom culture to the extent that we expose ourselves to it. And so that's where my mind has gone in reading and reflecting on this passage. I wonder, have I missed out on important movements of God's kingdom breaking in because I've been so caught up in my own kingdom, my own way of thinking, my own way of viewing reality? Worse yet, Have I inadvertently opposed God's movement in my life or his movement around me because I've been so attached to the idea that I'm always on God's side? And so I'd invite you 
today to take just a few minutes and look at our lives. And this might be a painful process, and maybe it's not, but let's ask the Holy Spirit to point out if any of this is there. Where have we not allowed Jesus to call us out? What pet preferences in our lives have we come become so enamored with that we would get angry and bent out of shape if anyone would dare to challenge us? So right now, write down some things that might come to mind. And even if at first blush you don't think these are issues, write them down and then ask God if these things fit into God's kingdom and God's way of doing things or if these have been parts of our kingdom and our way of doing things that somehow maybe we've sanctified, we've, we've made acceptable, we've made somehow God's way of doing things. As you ask for God's direction then, if anything pops out, resubmit it to God's kingdom. Say, you know what? I've been looking at this all wrong. God, help me to see this through your eyes. And more than that, help me to live this out through your values and through what you're asking me to do. I don't want to be on the wrong side of this equation. So before I turn you loose to do some thinking and some journaling, let me just just, just pray, just pray, pray over the rest. Father God, thank you for speaking to us. And Lord, I know I'm always tempted to think the best of myself um, when it comes to reading through these passages. But Lord, if there's any hypocritical way in us, if there's any way in which we've bought into the same lie that those Pharisees bought into, that somehow we're on your side, but really we're missing it. We're completely blind um, to some areas in our life that are set up opposed to you and to what you're trying to do. Would you please reveal those? Whether it's in finances, whether it's in how we're treating a spouse or a co-worker, um, it could be any area. Lord, make us sensitive to it. Just pop it into our mind and help us to deal honestly with it. And uh, Father, thank you for speaking with us. Please, in your mercy and in your grace, have patience with us and guide us into those next steps because we want to be free. We want to be full of your kingdom and your culture. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen.